Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of the CAC Show. I am Fringezilla. I am Sarah Summers. And we are back once again, Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, I guess, for uh, Sarah, which always confuses the crap out of me. But fortunately <laughs> for us, <laughs> fortunately for us, we have a great show lined up for you guys. We have the amazing wrestler Kathy Owens, who has actually been in the ring quite a few times with our co-host here, uh, the amazing Sarah Summers. And we will mm-hmm. also hear from my my good friend and inspirational hero, Dirk Manning, the, I guess you could call him uh, uh, the Dirk Lord, that's what I call him on Facebook, so... Uh, <laughs> we'll be talking to him a little bit, but before we even talk about anybody or anything else, Sarah, I just really quickly wanted to ask you a question that uh, it, it's been kind of on my mind for the past couple of weeks, and I've been wanting to ask you, so I'm just going to get it right out of the way, and that is, what is it like to be you know, hosting this, this podcast with me and you know, talking, doing interviews, you know, doing all the, the stuff with the comics and the, you know, uh, the wrestling and all everything that we do and talking about uh, you know, the WWE and all that. How, how different is that from what you do when you're in like a match or when you're out there and you have you know, the crowd looking at you or the cameras on you? How does it differ or does it differ at all? Um, yeah, I mean, it's quite a bit different. I mean, when I'm in the ring and I've got fans live in the arena, I'm, I'm a different person. I mean, I'm I'm playing a character, so I mean, it's it's quite a big difference. On here, I can just kind of be myself and shoot straight, and uh, you know, ask the people we're interviewing questions that that I want to know. I'm always picking somebody's brain. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's completely different. I'm I'm a different beast when I'm in the ring. It's it's my little escape from reality. So it's my therapeutic release. We like to call it. And this is just fun. This is just. You mentioned character, so I mean, let's let's be honest. As as the character, there's got to be at least a little bit of the real Sarah Summers that's in that character. Am I right? Yeah, there is. It's just it's uh it's turned up about twenty notches. I'm not uh, <laughs> <laughs> depending on but depending on whether I'm playing you know being the good girl or I'm being the bad girl. The good girl is uh, is not so far off from my my actual personality. It's just. Uh, it's played up a little bit. Um, now, the bad girl, on the other hand, is what I am generally thinking, but don't say in public. Like, I take all the well, frustration I, from a hard day at work and wanting to, you know, choke out a customer or something, and I, I put that into the match, and I yell at some <laughs> five-year-old in the front row, and it... <laughs> oh, oh, that's great. I'm sorry, but... <laughs> Just the idea of you yelling at a five-year-old in the front row just makes me like, kind of laugh. Oh, I uh, had a match this weekend, and uh, there was this little girl in the front row, and she was just giving me all nine kinds of hell. And when the match was over and we got to the back, I was telling uh, my opponent about it, and she's like, oh, yeah, that's my daughter. I was like, well, crap. If I'd have known that, I would have given her so much more. I would have laid into her if I knew that was your kid. <laughs> yeah, definitely not breaking the kayfabe. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> if I knew that was her kid, I would have been like, why don't you go tell your mama that you need blah, blah, blah. Or 
I wouldn't have, you know, well, you know called speaking, her out as her daughter, but well, it would have been better. Speaking of, of that lower. kind of situation. Well, speaking of that kind of situation, uh, you know, what, what are your opinions on the Triple H incident from Raw with the, you know, it's been all over the news, so if you haven't heard about it, I'll, I'll really quickly just mention it. Uh, you know, John Cena was in a triple threat match against the Big Show, Kane, and Seth Rollins on Raw. During the match, at the very beginning, I think it was, a little kid who's a huge John Cena fan started crying. Triple H, you know, turned around at one point when the cameras weren't on him and consoled the kid, made them take him to the back to, you know, meet some wrestlers, get some free swag and stuff. So now all these kids are on Facebook saying, I've cried at events and I've never gotten anything. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Well, it's true, because think about it. I mean, think of how many people The Undertaker alone has, has brought to tears, those little kids. Right. I mean, how many people were crying when The Undertaker got pinned at WrestleMania? Nobody got to go to the back. That's I mean, true. And, and you know what? Go ahead, sir. Was it, was it, and the only way that I would even think that would make any sense to do that is, was it a Make-A-Wish kid? Or something like that? Because, I mean, now that I would understand. But if it's just a random kid in the crowd, you're going to have to let him cry it out. He'll figure it out one day. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole point of watching you guys is that we live vicariously through you. So every time if we cry, you know, that's basically the same as giving up is, you know, you can't always get a helping hand. you got to kind of tough things out sometimes. But, again, it's like you said, if it was a Make-A-Wish kid, it would make total sense. Or maybe if it wasn't yeah. even so much that it was a Make-A-Wish kid, maybe it was a kid who was, you know, slow or special or maybe autistic, you know. And Triple H, yeah, I mean, something I like gets that. demonized. Yeah, and I know he gets demonized for a lot of the crap that he's done because, I mean, he's even admitted himself he's not, you know, completely innocent of a lot of the accusations against him. But, you know, for the most part, it's not like he's a piece of garbage, and he has kids. So I'm sure the guy has at least somewhat of a heart and, you know, didn't want to hear that kid scream and cry like he did, especially if he well, was, again, autistic or something like that. That may have just, it may have just touched him. It may have been, you know, in the heat of the moment, and he's like, man, we tore this kid up. We need to, we need to fix this, which is kind of cool, I guess. Oh, absolutely, because, you know, I took my son, uh, actually took my son and my daughter to the Over the Edge pay-per-view, which was here in Detroit back in 2010, and it was Batista versus John Cena, and it was the one where uh, Batista got in the car and was going to run over Cena, and I still have the video footage of, of you know, me filming, the, you know, as it happens, and my daughter and my son are in the background, and you can clearly hear my daughter going, Cena, Cena, Cena! And she's like screaming at Batista, and at one point you can hear her crying. It was just, it's amazing the kind of reactions that even little kids, because I remember being a little kid myself and having the same reaction when Ron Bass, uh, you know, cut up Brutus Beefcake's face on Saturday Night's Main Event. I mean, all those things, Hulk Hogan uh, getting the the necklace and the shirt ripped off him by Andre the Giant. I mean, I lived those moments like like it was me. So I can totally relate. But again, you know, if it wasn't, you know, something where the kid was sick or whatever, then it's kind of like, well, you know, let him, let him. I mean, now you have to do that for every kid you see crying. Exactly. And that's what's happening on Facebook and in social media is all these kids saying, well, where's my free stuff? But, you know, I mean, it's not like the kid was like falling all over the ground screaming and throwing a tantrum. I mean, if that was happening, then I could understand, you know, them taking him in the back. But Again, you know, we don't know the full situation. I'm sure we'll get more news on it. But, uh, you know, going from a, you know, kind of strange, awkward subject to a funnier subject, uh, I'm going to toss it over to Sarah really quickly for Sarah to do an interview. But before I do, I'm just going to play something that I think is near and dear to her heart. (laughs) 
<laughs> that can only mean one thing. That has to mean that Kathy the Kid No One's is on the line. Kathy, are you there? Holy crap. Meow, 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 right? <laughs> That's your theme song, bro. It is. It's my wife's theme song. It is. So what up? What up, sister? Not much. Just sitting here with uh, Ben Gay on my legs and a ponytail in my oh. head looking... Don't you, don't you love Ben Gay? Ben Gay like the best thing ever. It is. It is. I've been gay once. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> uh, no, we had to do the Meow Mix theme song because I was telling friends earlier, I was like, she she kind of lives the gimmick. I mean, she was rolling around the floor at a custom shoot playing with a plastic paper bag like a kitty. So she's definitely all kitty. <laughs> I really am. The way I roll. Cat style. Real cat style. So how have you been? We Kathy, ain't. how's things been going for you? Uh, they've been going. Been going pretty good, actually. Um, got a lot of stuff coming up this year. Yeah, I know. You've been busy. I've been watching you on Facebook. <laughs> Very excited. <laughs> plug it, Plug all the stuff, you know. Custom pro wrestling, Sarah. That's, um, I don't know anything about that. I don't know what you're talking about. No, no. <laughs> oh, Customs Pro Wrestling, that one show we do together. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. We'll get we'll and then everybody, everybody has to keep an everybody has to keep an eye out for Classy Broads wrestling too. That's on the rise this year. Hashtag Classy Broads. Spoiler alert. All right, Kathy, we're gonna jump into this. I'm gonna let you uh tell everybody how you got your start, you know, how old you were or how old you were when you started, how long you've been going, who trained you, that good stuff. Story time. All right. Well dun da da da. When I was in high school, I did amateur wrestling, and there was this girl that I knew that worked at a pizza place with me after we got out of high school, and she was like, hey, hey, we do professional wrestling across the street. You want to come do that? And I was like, hey, yeah, I'll throw in glittery spandex and jump around and yell at people. And I got over there, and it happened to be Tony Fox Wrestling School, and I was like, I'm in. And so I started training at his school, and that was like 13 years ago in May, and uh, John Caesar, one half of the tag team, the Heartbreakers, he uh, gave me extra training, um, so I owe a lot of stuff to him. And um, then if I worked at the USWO, which was Tony Fox organization when I started out, and then Shane Morton in Columbia gave me a big chance and let me come work there a bunch, and then I just started doing kind of like everything I could. <laughs> and here I am. And here we oh. are. A woman who lives well, in a giant cat. <laughs> Have you always done the kitty gimmick, or did you do something before that? Well, when I when I very first started, Tony Falk gave me the name the Sex Kitten. Ah. Um, it's sort of an ironic thing because I would come out and sniff my armpits and sit really awkwardly and talk about how I was the sexiest woman in the world. And um, <laughs> obviously, I was I not being very sexy. That. So I ran with that for a while, but it just didn't happy and so like five years ago I dropped the sex and just and, and wearing kitty ears and kitty face paint and doing that's where I'm at today yeah you're definitely living the kitten gimmick that's for sure 
I know that there was a girl down in uh, Tennessee started using the sex kitten thing. Somebody labeled her with that. And she found out that you went with it, too, and she threw, like, a big old fit thinking you stole it from her. And I was like, uh, no, you stole it from her. <laughs> yeah, I've been what? doing this for, like, 13 years, so she can totally suck it. But, uh... <laughs> I was like, I was like, calm down there, kiddo. Just kick your ass. <laughs> she wants, she wants kitten. She is welcome to. I am. So she knows when people Google sex, it's gonna be my face, not hers. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Now Kathy and I actually met at a custom show. I know you do a lot of custom shows. Um, I gotta admit, I was scared to death the first time I met Kathy. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> and she knows why, don't you? Yeah, yeah. But like, it was because I was hard and it was hard to beat you up and give you super stiffness and that algae with a razor blade. Insanity. Yeah, I did want me to bleed for like 20 minutes straight. I was scared to death. And how was it, Sarah? How? It was not bad. It was not bad. You uh, you made me feel better. And now I want to wrestle you all the time. So it couldn't have been that bad. See? That's what all the ladies say. <laughs> That's what all the girls say. Friends, <laughs> do you hear that, or is that just on my end? No, I hear it, too. I don't know where it's coming from, but I hear it. You hear that? It's like tick, 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 tick. Oh, there's... I have um, and I have a and um, when I get in, I'm just and hear the squeak and like I'll giggle or oh. <laughs> um, I know you've uh, you've met some pretty uh, important ladies in wrestling. I saw your Facebook earlier. Why don't you tell us some of the big names you've uh, you've had the chance to work with? Um, well, when I very first started. My first year of wrestling, ODB and Tracy Brooks and Angelina Love all came to the USWO where I was at. So I got to do a lot them and Christy Ritchie, and that was pretty super. And they were super nice to me. And um, later on in life, I uh, got to meet Joyce Grable, and she managed a tag team that I was in. I got to hang out with her and Judy Martin a couple weeks ago, and they slapped my face for being a disrespectful and then I guess my match ever, I got to Florida, and the promoter was like, hey, do you wrestle Leilani Ka and Awesome Ka in a match? To like, holy fuck, sure, yeah. And then I went into the bathroom and had a panic attack. And yeah, I think I would have too, yeah. Still, I'm talking about the ever. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that she's, like, really cool. So She is. I, I thought going to kill me. The way that you felt about meeting me, I thought when I got uh, saw some calling, she was going to blow. It was yeah, I thought I, I thought I was dead meat, so <laughs> I was like, I'm going to die. I'm going to leave my last will and testament laying on my pillow at home, and I'll just, you know. Oh. Yeah, well, it wasn't. It wasn't all that bad. It wasn't all that bad. A little blood, a couple chairs. Gravy. Yeah. Uh, on parking. Friends, you got a couple questions? Actually, yeah. I'd like to know how 
how fun is it to be in the in the ring with Sarah? Because I'll be honest with you, we talked about this before we went on the air. I don't even fear the devil, but I'm afraid to get in the ring with Sarah. Well, I'm the side of people sometimes. So that when you get in the ring with each other, it's the scale. It's hard to be in the ring with Sarah because sometimes things are way too funny and sometimes you have to. Did we lose her? No, I'm here. Okay. I must be my end because I'm I'm cutting in and out quite a bit, so I'm getting the gist of everything. But it might be on my end. I think it might be. I always have a blast whenever Kathy's around. You know, it's going to be a hoot and a holler. That's <laughs> actually where the meow song came from. She uh, had a customs match with my fiance, Farmer, and. Uh, she was whooping up on him pretty good, and he's like, "No, here, I'll sing you the song of your people." And he starts in with, he started in with the meow mix song, and the whole room just lost it. People definitely, I would have too. My, my heritage. I wrestled Barbie Hayden. She was wearing a leopard print outfit, and I asked her if she was a kitty too, and she's like, "Well, obviously." Not. And so then I didn't her because I thought she skinned my. <laughs> Now the paper bag is what always is what got me sitting there playing with a plastic <laughs> bag in the ring. Playing on well, here's another question I have. Here's another question I have, uh, Kathy, and this one actually is WWE related. Um, there's there's a lot of well, there's a lot of uh, you know independent wrestlers that I'm friends with on, on Facebook or that you know follow me and that I follow on Twitter because basically anybody that follows me on Twitter gets to follow back. So basically, like I say, if I follow you, you follow me. Uh, so a lot of them will contact me and, you know, they'll say, uh, oh, yeah, this is awesome. I'm actually going to be, you know, one of the Rosebuds or I'm actually going to, you know, be a Druid for WWE or for Undertaker or this or that. If uh, WWE came calling to you and said, you know, yeah, we're going to use you as like an extra uh, for something like that, is there a specific thing you would want them to use you for or would you be happy with whatever they throw your way? Um, well, I'm pretty sure that it would just be somebody playing a joke on me. But uh, <laughs> in the event they want to use me, it really is all the. <laughs> whether I lose or win. Not picky. Not picky at all. No. Nope. That's my opinion too. Just go out there, and if you're you want me to dress up as a, oh, what are some of like a hot giant hot dog? I think Adam Rose runs around with a giant hot dog. Like, yeah, I'll put yeah, on I mean, hot dog I'll that. I'll be like the blueberry girl from Willy Wonka. You know, whatever. Okay, that would be fun, actually. What? You could it's you could like roll through the ring. Well, to be fair, you roll down the also, ring. To be fair, Hulk Hogan also looks like a hot dog, just one that was left in the microwave for too long. Ha ha. He does. And his hair is burnt. I'm still convinced that the hair that comes out of the back of his bandana is a weave. I think think it's attached to the bandanas. I I think it's sewn on to the bandana. Yeah, he just takes a weave track that he gets down at one of Chinky Lady stores for $9.99, and he just super glues it. 
just pass it on. Yep, that's what I think too. Because it's just well, so when, he, when his kids were younger, he probably had them play pin the tail on Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna play a game, kids. <laughs> pin the weave on Hogan. Who were some of your uh, Who were some of your biggest influences, Kathy? What made you want to start wrestling? My big. Oh, I'll tell you the exact moment. I was a wee, and and my father were hanging out as Saturday mornings, and there was some wrestling on, and he just happened to stop on it and watching it for a minute, and I saw Andre the Giant, and I thought, "Holy shnikes, that dude could eat me!" And my dad. <laughs> I was like, Dad, what's this? And he was like, it's wrestling. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, sit down and watch. And I watched Andre the Giant pick people up and throw them around. And I thought, I want to pick people up and throw them around. And my dad, you know, was like, well, you'll never be that big, but good luck, kid. And I was like, thanks, Dad. And, you know, then I saw, I started getting into the ladies, and I saw Leilani Kai and uh, all of her barefoot stuff in Japan. I followed that and, like, um, I just I, I just really like like if you've ever seen that Lipstick and Dynamite documentary, all mm-hmm. the ladies from there were inspirations. Just ladies that really they hit hard and they loved it and they wanted to make it their sport too and it wasn't just the man's world and that gave me lots of inspiration. You know, I'm not all like sh- not shaving the armpits, women's lib or anything, but <laughs> <laughs> we have to shave our armpits. That's just called them courtesy right there. Armpits are shaved. I'm a everywhere else is hairy. No, that's just courtesy. Unless you uh, want to grow the stubble out, you know, you're wrestling somebody you don't like and you want to give them some pit rope. Oh, no. The guy that trained me, John Caesar, as a matter of fact, he was a very large guy, um, very muscle-bound, and he shaved his forearms. And if I did something wrong, he would hold me down and rub his forearm stubble across my face. Yeah, that would suck. Yeah. And there's really nothing I could do. No, you just gotta lay there and take it. Pounds of giant man. <laughs> yeah, just gotta lay there and take it. Tick 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 tick. Hello. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with this phone? When somebody gets quiet, all of a sudden it sounds. But he's there anymore. Yeah, that's the way it sounds. I think Franz has got himself on mute because he's probably laughing. No, I'm actually. Well, I was actually trying to fix the problem. I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know if it's from one of your lines or if it's just from you know the studio. We have had notorious problems with this service through Blog Talk for over a year, ever since we started with the show. In fact, our first show was marred with it. I had to call into the show myself, like a guest, twenty times. So it could be the service, but I'm, I'm just not finding the problem. Oh. I did a blog talk like years ago, and it was fun. Again, so. Yeah, I think we're getting the gist of you. Well, you know, uh, we you're... were originally looking. We were originally looking for another home for the show, and we kind of got stuck staying with Blog Talk. And you know, they kind of promised that they'll give good service, this and that. But then I continually have problems. But you know, it's not a big deal. Um, it just means that okay. you know they're gonna just. Like how you're on, we're on board. Screw you, talking, you're and you're talking, and you're cutting out. 
there's, there's, also, I've, there's been many times where I've been kicked off my own show and had to call back in while my guests are sitting there twiddling their thumbs going, hmm, I don't know where the, the host is. I don't know what's nice. happening now. <laughs> so, hey, anything, Kathy, you're just, anything else you might need? You're actually doing your own custom shoot this month, right? Or is it next month? In February. Doing... Go ahead and I'll say it. Um, it's going to be called Classy Broad Wrestling Admittance Production. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm going to be doing one um, next month in Cleveland, Tennessee. Um, and then I'm going to be doing for that. Show. And then hopefully, Georgia. So my plan is to travel and go to town, and I will use five or six locals to that area for each sheet. Oh, that's cool. Was it going pretty well so far? You getting orders and all that jazz? You know, if anybody feels like they need to order the kitten one four three at com, you can totally email me. Plug plug. That a girl. That a girl. And just to be fair, if anybody wants to see Kitten in a customs match on February twenty eighth, she'll be at customs pro wrestling at gmail dot com. You can order there too. Yes. <laughs> exactly. And we'll be at UWW also, right? You're on that one too? Yes, we'll be women's wrestling um on this next weekend. So yep, that's next weekend. you know. I have to bring my to dog, right? Yes. I need to get that <laughs> dog in the face. <laughs> I have a chihuahua and Kathy loves wants to give my chihuahua kisses, so Ashes. I know I'm a cat that loves dogs. It's totally their species that I have. It's like jungle fever, but like their species. Yeah, it's it's weird, but it's cool. It's what cool, man. What call that? Uh, kitten loving. Kitten loving. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with that. I'm also going to be coming out with my own YouTube show, Sarah. I would like you to join me on it sometime. Also, it's going to be the litter box. Nice. And um, we will be nice. sitting in a giant. A giant litter box set, and I will interview people. Oh, that's fun. I'm in. <laughs> I I will get in the litter box. All right. Where can the friends, you got anything else? Uh, actually, I do have one last question, and that is if you could have one match with anybody right now in the world, doesn't matter who it is, who would it be and what kind of match would it be? Mick Foley, hardcore match, tables, ladders, chairs, cages, everything ever, but Mick Foley in peak shape and me in peak shape. I'd pay I'd pay for that. <laughs> <Did I? laughs> Mick Foley is my very favorite wrestler ever in the world. Yeah, I'd pay for it. I would definitely pay to see that. That would be super fun to watch. Man who rips his ear off and has a tooth fly through his lip and still just smiles and laughs about his day is my kind of man. Yeah, I mean, you fall off the top of a cage in an unscripted moment and just keep going. It's cool, I'm fine. That's what you do. That's what wrestling's all about. You duct tape yeah. your ankle together and you go back out there. <laughs> you yell at your manager, ah, where's the tape? You got gash. <laughs> Like, what was well, it? Who was that? It was Terry Funk and uh, Sabu. They had a yeah. crazy barbed wire match, and Sabu ripped his whole bicep in half and, like, just yeah. taped it up and kept wrestling. Mm-hmm. 
Getting the state. Well, you could be the original Sin Cara who stubs. You could be the original Sin Cara who jams his finger and then calls the match. Oh, no. None of that. Yeah, that's that's why he's no longer with the company. We wish him good luck in all his future endeavors. Yeah, screw that. I've, I have literally broken my ankle, taped it together, and kept going. That's what you do. I, I broke my toe practicing before a match, still did the match, and then got out to the back to take my shoe off and my toes the size of a grapefruit, black and blue, and I didn't even know. So well, see, the key is you just leave the boot on till you're done. <laughs> That's how I broke my toe. I was practicing with no shoes on. See, and then I put my boot on over it. It was fine. And, Everything's fine. Unless like you have a Sid vicious moment where you just break your whole foot off, you know. Then. Well, hey, oh. Triple H just finished the match with a torn quad and walked to the back. So right, because Triple H is a beast. I don't care what anybody says. He's he's a beast. I mean, who does that? <laughs> How can and you do that? But, he married into the right family. so He sure did, didn't he? Uh-huh. Like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've got, a girl, I got a girl crush. <laughs> I've got a girl crush on Stephanie. I'm not going to lie. I'd marry her, too. Oh, them titties is awesome. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere Lawler's head just popped up. <laughs> <laughs> Puppies, titties. <laughs> funny alright Cassie this is the point where you plug your Facebook your Twitter and all that jazz upcoming events tell us where you're going to be alright well um, first let me give a shout out to Michael Walker you know who he is he's listening yes, I do. he's my pal he helps women's wrestling so much and he's very much appreciated and he needs to know that um, you can um, well you can check out videos of me and purchase videos of me at slamminladies.com, New England Female Wrestling, Ring Goddess, soon Ultimate Women's Wrestling. Um, you can order things from Customs Pro Wrestling. Um, and in, like I said, soon keep an eye out for Classic Broad. Soon to be a website. And keep an eye out for Classic Broad's Wrestling. Um, shout out to Patrick at ARW in Cleveland, Tennessee, because he's going to be letting me use his building to do some customs in. So that's pretty pretty nice of him. Um, you can look for me on Twitter at, um, goodness, what is my Twitter name? It's the kitten <laughs> underscore one. The kitten underscore one. Follow me. And then on Facebook, Kathy Owens, the kitten wrestler, because Facebook stole my name. Yep. And I guess Facebook that's about it. I mean, me. you can also find yeah. me, like, down at the Kroger and at daycare, picking up my kids and, like, going to the gym. <laughs> She's around. She'll be around. I'm around. I'm around. Sometimes I'm going to general store today, so you never know. I'm going to I'm gonna second that shout-out to Michael Walker for you because he is. He's, he gives all of us a great deal of support, and he's just an all-around cool guy. And I'm going to shout-out and say, thank you, Michael. You're the best. Yay. Yeah. I just wanted to say that I'm. I, I always tell people that I'm just like herpes. I keep coming back whether you want me to or not. <laughs> it is. You'll find me. Keeps on giving. I was gonna say that. I stole it right out of your mouth. You uh-huh. did right out of right out from my like herpes. <laughs> <laughs> just like herpes. Yeah. 
Kathy, unless Fringe has anything else for you, we're going to let you get back to your uh, normal Thursday routine. Yeah, thank you so much, Kathy, for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. Pretty awesome. I will see you next. People love to hear my country twang. I love your country twang. (laughs) (laughs) Agreed. And, And I'll see you next weekend, all right? All right. Oh, hey, wait. Shout out to Heather Owens, too. Um, and I just need everybody in the wrestling world to know that I am the best Owens. Southern Owens for life, not Northern Owens, even though Heather there you go. Owens thinks that she's the best. <laughs> I still love her, though. No homo. All right. No homo. All right. <laughs> Y'all All right, Kathy. Enough? Thank you so much, Kathy. I'll see you later. All right. All right. Well, Sarah Summers, uh, I got to say that (laughs) I don't know what it is, but you're definitely a natural with these interviews because you somehow seamlessly just know how to ask all the questions that I would ask myself at that moment. So (laughs) you're kind of better at this than I am. It's it's making me kind of pissed off and jealous. (laughs) She was cutting in and out quite a bit, so I I don't know if she was cutting out on your end too, but uh, hopefully it got everything – but, I mean, there were parts where all I heard was, eh, oh, eh, oh. so hopefully it actually got what she was saying. Because that's, you know, I, I I enjoy hanging out with Cassie. She's just a delight to be around, period. In the ring, outside of the ring, on the phone. So she needs to, well, she needs her of, name uh, out there. Do what? Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Yeah, so. She's yeah, a total classy and, broad. Uh, <laughs> it's funny too, just like you said, uh you were you oh, nailed it. She nailed it right on the head. She's, she's a hoot. It's even better when she's right in front of you because she just she keeps the same stoic look on her face and you, you don't know if she's kidding. You don't know if she's being serious. She's it's 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 wild. You just gotta know her to know when she's being funny and when she's actually getting ready to snap. So she's an enigma. And speaking of enigmas, we actually, I think we have our second guest on the line right now who also is an enigma uh, in and of himself. Uh, so let's go ahead and see if that is exactly who we have on the line. Are we speaking with the Dirk Lord himself? I'm just kidding. Yeah, it's me. <laughs> I was getting ready to throw my phone against the wall. I was like, really? <laughs> Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, you got me. Good. Well, uh, my work here is done, and I'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> Fastest interview ever. No, yeah, yeah. That, that, you, you know that ain't going to happen talking to Dirk Man and give me a break. So. No, I'm good. Oh, I'm good. Uh, thank you for having me on. <laughs> Oh, it's always a pleasure. And uh, for our listeners that don't know, this is actually the second appearance now of my good friend, Dirk, who I actually credit with getting me on my road to making my own comic books through some very good advice. And I want to just go ahead and plug his book right now, uh, Right or Wrong, written by Dirk Manning. If you have any interest in writing comic books or being involved in comic books at all, uh, there's so much great information in the book. I actually own two of them. I own two copies, and they're both signed by Dirk. Thank you. Yeah, it's on. It's on Amazon. Um, I was very excited. To, you know, these are the things that, like excite a writer. Like other people, I like, get excited going to parties and stuff like that. I was excited the other night. I went through and completely updated my Amazon page. 
So, uh, yeah, so it's on my Amazon page, stuff like that, obviously, without more of the other books I've written. But, uh, uh, yeah, so thank you. Yeah, if, if you're in writing, um, right or wrong, a writer's guide to creating comics, it's anything I could tell anybody ever about being a writer who can't necessarily draw themselves but wants to work with artists to create comics. If you work for friends, you can work for you. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm living proof of that. I can, I can, you know, just about tell anybody that uh, the advice that's in there is priceless. It really is. And this is coming from a man, Dirk Manning, who I don't care what other people say. I've done the research myself, uh, not just listening to the man himself, but I've looked into it. And as far as I know, and as far as I can uh, track back, Dirk Manning is pretty much the first guy to have fully realized comic books available for people to actually take a look at and read and enjoy online. And not many people can make that claim. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I, 2002, yeah, you know, it was, uh, it was nuts, you know, it's like, the more and more time passes, you know, I talk about that, and now it's like, gosh, I mean, it was, what, like, 13 years ago, you know, when I, when I got started, you know, uh, you know, and publishing uh, Nightmare World, uh, you know, online as a fully realized comic, and putting up two pages every Thursday, and it's weird now that 13 years later, now it's like, digital's finally the norm, you know, even though I was doing that back in, 2002 and then grit you know and now now we're to that point I, I think it's fantastic and it's it's just a great way for other people to be able to get out there and uh promote their work and get their work seen and i was just talking about this the other day how it's so cool the technology is there now you like you know you, you have like you can like load comics on your phone and on your ipad and on your kindle and uh you know 2002 was aol and dial-up modems you know it was it was a way to get your work out there uh, and distribute it for free, but obviously the we didn't have high speed internet and stuff like that. So yeah, it's it's crazy, you know. When 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 you bring that up, and I think back to all that time that's passed and all the things that have happened, and uh, yeah, thanks for making me feel old. Thanks for my birthday, man. That's I guess that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Well, you know, the truth is, and I don't want to give away, you know, because I, I want people to go out and buy the book. I really do. I want people to go out there and check it out and be inspired just like I was. And and the thing is, is I've always wanted to be a writer. I mean, that's what I specialized in in school was, you know, when I was supposed to be doing my actual work in class, I would be writing comic books and drawing pictures of characters and doing character designs and stuff. But, you know, one of the main things that I can take from that book that, you know, I, I hope, you know, it's okay, Dirk, for me to say this, is one of the pieces of advice is if you really want to make comics, you can't really sit on your butt and wait for it to happen. You've got to make it happen. If you want you know, to play video games and, and buy yourself movies and go out and do this and do that, and if you have money to do that, then you can't really complain that you don't have money to do the comic books because if you really want to get it done, you've got to do it. You can't just keep procrastinating, procrastinating, because then it won't happen, and then you have no one to blame but yourself. And I, I know that's not exactly the way Dirk words it, but that's what I gained from it. And it really got me off my butt and got me moving. And now I already have two books that are going to be printed within the next month or and a half or so. So I can definitely yeah. attest to, you know, how great the advice is, number one, and how perfectly, in my opinion, it's laid out for you because he doesn't just cover a couple of things. He covers just about everything that you really need to know to make your own books. And to me, that's priceless information. Well, yeah, and, and thank you. And, you know, with right or wrong, I mean, no, I think you paraphrased pretty accurately what I talk about in the book. You know, it's funny. Um, you know, I uh, you know, I was up late last night getting some stuff done on the next Kickstarter campaign I'm doing. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, go to work, do the day job thing, and then you turn around. Um, I uh, left work, 
went to a meeting about a new uh, comic series I'm going to be working on. Got done with that meeting. Finished that up. You know, take five minutes for myself. Jump on the phone with you guys. You know, uh, I'd love to be watching TV right now or playing video games and things like that. But uh, you got to move, man. You got to do stuff, you know. Um, and, and like you said, talk about the book. Don't talk about not having money if you buy a bunch of Blu-rays, if you buy a bunch of records, and you buy a bunch of um, even other people's comics. You buy a ton of other comics. And you, you, know, you know, yeah, you, you just, you know, no excuses. Now more than ever. And two, you talked about this minute ago. In 2002 when I started, even with putting comics online, there was plenty of roadblocks there. But I wanted to do it because I wanted to get my work out there. Now it is easier than ever to find people to work with to make comics if you're willing to hustle and if you're willing to bust your butt and you're and you're and you will and if you don't you're in the habit of making excuses. So yeah, I mean people are people that want to write, you know, I you know I obviously recommend right or wrong, but uh, you know, it, you know, it, it's just for something, it's for writers and it's equal how to and motivational about getting out there and doing it. Um yeah, <laughs> that's all I got to say well, about yeah, that. Well, there's a little inside uh, information, uh, kind of, that I'm going to reveal right now between me and Dirk, and that is when I first met Dirk a year ago. Uh, and this is a true story. Dirk can actually actually back this up. Uh, I went to see him at Comics and More, uh, owned and operated by uh, the awesome Chris Brown, good friend of ours both, uh, and also Chris Tom, Brown. Uh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> the Chris Brown. That's right. <laughs> not the, not the, uh, you know, the one that's always in the news for wife beating and all that stuff. But uh, uh, yeah, the, the, the cool Chris Brown runs and operates comics and more. Great guy, uh, and he had a signing going on with Dirk and uh, T- Tom Hutchison, good friend of ours, been on the show many many times. And you know, one of the other things that really kind of uh, inspired me and, and really moved me was when you first opened that book when Tom had given it to you, and it was the first time you'd actually seen. Uh, you know, your work in that book, and it, it, your reaction was so genuine, so real, and it really moved me and made me feel like, well, wow, I mean, this guy's working so hard. I already knew about all the conventions and all the signings that you do all the time, and I just thought to myself, if this guy can do it, and he, I mean, he's a great guy, I think I can do this too, and it really, like I say, it moved me. It, it made me feel that I could finally achieve my dreams in, you know, listening to you and uh, you know, reading the book and following the advice. And I mean, it's not like it, it's so easy. It's not, it's a hard process, but you lay it out really easy for people that are novices like myself to actually pick it up and take that information and go. And again, like I say, that to me is priceless. Oh, well, thank you. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the first time I saw one of the issues of um, Legend of Oz, the Wicked West that I had written for Big Dog. And, uh, no, you're, you're, you're absolutely, I mean, I appreciate it. I tried to, yeah, I tried to make it in right or wrong as easy as possible. I mean, uh, or at least describe the process as easy as possible. It's not an easy road. It just takes effort. You know, uh, it just takes a lot of effort, a lot of dedication. Like I said, I've been doing this 13 years, you know, and I've got a bunch of books out. I've got a bunch of people who like my work. I have good relationships with several publishers. It's 13 years, you know. I played five video games in 13 years, you know, stuff like that. You know, <laughs> I don't get to watch nearly as many uh, movies and stuff as I would like. You know, uh, I'm, I'm just woefully behind on TV shows and movies that I'm actually interested in seeing. You know, uh, um, but when I have free time, I write, or like, like I say, I, I, I talk on the air. You know, you know, like, like you and 
and, and things like that, to promote the book and talk about the book, to get to people who don't know about it. Or I'm in a meeting and setting something up, or I'm writing. You know, there is no substitute for hard work. And a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, he got lucky or he got all the breaks and stuff like that. You know, and it, it really, I really do believe that, you know, the universe takes care of those who take care of themselves. You can't get the breaks if you're not working hard to begin with. That's all there's to it. You know, you, you occasionally you work hard enough, you may catch a break here and there. there. So that, that that's the key. You just have to really go and push and work hard and do your best and, uh, and, and, and have fun. You know, if you're not having fun, you shouldn't be doing it. I would do, there's nothing I would rather be doing this. Would it, would it be nice to watch TV? Yeah. Would it be nice to play, I don't know, the new Batman video game or new Street Fighter? Sure. But this is what I have the most fun doing. Making comics, talking to people about comics, you know, stuff like that. But going to conventions, you know, that that's the stuff that, that's fun. And it really is true that it's hard work, but uh, it's not difficult if you're having fun. Well, and, you know, you mentioned the, uh, you know, actually, I think I mentioned the, uh, you know, the Comic-Cons and how you do a lot of signings and stuff like that. Uh, what is that like to be, you know, so so engrossed in it? Because, you know, I've already talked to some shops about when our, when our books come out through No Gravity, we're going to do some signings and some things like that. But I've seen you do, you know, I can't even remember, wasn't it something like 30 shows in 30 weeks or something like that? <laughs> Close. Uh, I closed out last year doing 24 shows in 18 weeks. Uh, shows, conventions, and book signings and stuff like that. And I probably could have made it 25 if I really wanted, but it was like I had proven my point. <laughs> you know, um, it's that same thing, man. It's work, you know, but it's fun work. Um, I, dr- I I don't fly many places. Um, it becomes very cost inhibitive to ship books and stuff back and forth and things like that. I'd rather you you know. So I, you know, I mean that's a weekend. You know, I could be going to barbecues or going to movies, or going to you know whatever. I'm doing conventions. I'm out there. I'm busting my butt. I'm selling my books, you know, and, and meeting people. And, and, and it's great. It's fantastic. I'm so even even five years ago, I would have killed someone to be where I am now. You know, so I'm very very fortunate to be in this position. I'm very very excited about it. You know, um, and but it's it, it's it's work. You know. Um, when you do creator-owned work, and especially when you do creator-owned work across several publishers, you have to go out and market the book yourself and sell the book yourself and meet readers yourself, you know, and, and do all that stuff, you know. Um, like I said a minute ago, I'm, work, I'm, I'm just on the fashion touches on the next Kickstarter campaign. My second Kickstarter campaign is coming up. And, and that's all part of that, too, you know. Collect the, the email addresses from people. Ask them if they want to be notified of when the books come out. And, I, and it's just, you know, it's a... It's a Never-ending process. The best one, the best description I've ever heard about being a writer is being a writer is like having homework every day for the rest of your life. That, that that's what it comes down to. You know, I always have homework. I always have something I need. I could be doing. I need to be doing. So. Well, I think that most importantly, uh, I think you really hit the nail on the head with, you know, the hard work because, you know, again, if you're like somebody like me who's stationed in Michigan, if I don't go out to other states and take those books that I'm making with me and go to cons and do signings out of this area, then how am I ever going to expect those books to be, you know, 
out there and, you know, expand it and, and to get a bigger audience and to find more readers. I mean, it's not all about just, you know, oh, I can just make a book, put it on social media, and, and it's that easy. It's not that easy. I, in fact, no. it, it, just dealing with artists a lot of times can be very difficult because your schedules might not always, you know, match up. And, you know, like with, with one of my artists, he lives in the Philippines. So I'm constantly having to right, contact right. him when he's sleeping. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, that's very true. Um, you know, I've worked with artists that uh, live in Ireland and in England and Croatia and things like that, and uh, the time zone difference alone. Uh, you know, work with artists in Italy and things like that. And there's that small window when we're online at the same time that we can actually talk that way, uh, face to, not face, I guess, real-time talk, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's an absolute consideration. And, too, that's the thing. It's like, well, if you want to, Put in some real FaceTime or you know real real time talk. You might stay up till two in the morning, talk for half an hour or something like that. You know, and then turn around and get up for work the next day and things like that. And 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 you have limited point. Just because you put it on social media doesn't mean they will automatically flock to your book. Now, you know the model I used in 2002. There wasn't a lot of books online. Now there's books everywhere. Now Marvel books are online. DC books are online. Dark Horse books are online. Image books are online. Everything's online. So you're fighting more than ever to get some of that competition, but you need to get out there, you need to market yourself, you need to put your book out there, you need to let people know what your book is, and you have to offer something unique and different, and and uh, and keep going. At this point, too, it's more about, in some ways, I think a lot of it's about amount of content as much as it's about quality of content. You know, are you putting out, do you put out one good book, or have you put out a couple? You know, what are you going to do to get noticed, things like that. So those are all factors to consider. It'll all be stuff I talk about the next right or wrong book. <laughs> you know, it's how the game has changed and what's, and what's now and, you know, doing conventions and things like that. So, Okay, I'd like to pre-order four copies of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be... Because I'll read... Give, 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 give me a year. Give me a year. But it's, but it's well, actually in process. I, yeah, I, I signed the... Con- yeah, the, the deal is done on the actual book coming out. Now it's just a matter of putting it together, so... Well, I'll be one of the first ones to uh, be ready to read that. And I'll tell you another thing is I'm really excited about what I want to talk about now, and that is uh, what is about to be the close of Tales of Mystery Volume 2 and the, I hope, very soon looming Tales of Mystery Volume 3, if you want to touch on that a little bit. (laughs) Sure, man, yeah. Um, As you mentioned, yeah, uh, Tales of Mystery Volume 2, come again. Last issue has been dropping a couple weeks here, I think. Uh, We're going to be launching a Kickstarter campaign. Uh, probably at the end of January, so next week is the goal. My, my, oh my gosh, is my birthday next week? My birthday is next. See what I mean? You work so hard, you don't even realize your birthday is coming up. But yeah, um, <laughs> so I'll probably launch it on my, on my birthday next week. Um, I don't made a joke earlier. I'm like, is that next week? Is that already? You know, gosh. Cause, anyway, <laughs> yeah, um, so we have a Kickstarter campaign launch next week for um, what we're going to be doing is a deluxe hardcover edition of the Volume 2 collection. And what's, what I'm really excited about, we did this with Volume 1, and I think people are figuring out now what a sweet deal this is. You can only get the hardcover on Kickstarter. It'll be available for pre-order for 30 days, depending on we meet our goal. And um, then we print the, kick, the hardcover to order based on the Kickstarter, and that's it. So if you want the hardcover edition of Sales of Mystery Carmageddon, you have 30 days to pre-order it and then it's gone forever. It will not be in comic shops. It will not be through Diamond, unless a comic shop orders copies for their 
store, you know, uh, I did do something that, you know, you, uh, a comic shop can order a couple copies so they have them in the store for down the road if people want them or to flip them on eBay or whatever, you know. But that's it. 30 days now. Uh, then you asked about Volume 3. What's really cool about that is that uh, with Volume 3, uh, what's, what's especially, what I'm going to say about that is we're actually doing something on the uh, Kickstarter where you can, on the Volume 2 campaign, you can buy rewards tied to Volume 3. Uh, you can have a cameo role in Volume 3. You can have a um, death scene in Volume 3. You're actually killed on screen. You're a kid looks like you. Or, I'm doing a really special tier with only two spots, you can be a main character in a full issue in Volume 3. And you're actually in the issue more than Mystery, even, you know. So uh, there's some real cool stuff there as well. Um, some really cool rewards, and like script reviews, things like that. But, but the Tales of Mystery-centric ones, I'm really excited. You know, Devil's Due has been really supportive of us and stuff like that, that uh, we can offer rewards tied directly to Volume 3 of the book. So, well, I personally, I own the first volume. I've been getting the single issues as they come out for volume two, and I think mm-hmm. it's pretty cool the impact that it's already had. Uh, just evident in the fact that you can go on Facebook and, I mean, the name's changed uh, several times, but there's the uh, the support group for Tales of Mystery, which I absolutely yeah. love. There's some great people on there. Big fans of Dirks, uh, of all your work, Nightmare World, uh, you know, Tales of Mystery, all that stuff, even your Oz work. Um, I, I just think that that's yeah. really cool, and, and, you know, that's obviously an testament to, uh, you know, how, how light your work is. And I know, I've mentioned oh. this before, I, I would love to have you uh, working, whether it's, you know, uh, writing just a story for us, a short story or something for No Gravity, but that's definitely something I would love to have happen in the future because Dirk does horror like nobody else, in my opinion. Just leave it at that. Oh, well, thank you. Well, that's well, that's the key, you know. I want to be able to do... Uh, when people read a story by me, that should be a story that only Dirk Manning can write. No one mm-hmm. else. You know, that that's the name of the game. That's what I want to do. I want to be able to write a story that... If you pick it up, wow, that was a Dirk Manning story. No one else can do that. And yeah, and and also you have to say on Facebook, yeah, the the themes of Dirk Manning, the friends of Dirk Manning, support, uh, the support group, that is the final name. It was originally the Tales of Mystery group, but I realized people are talking about more stuff than just mystery in there. So I, and as part of the the ongoing gag rivalry with you know, um, Crystal and you and Basement Fodder and all that, you know, I just to screw everyone and make them all part of those support group named after me, but. And it makes me, in marketing, it makes me more searchable on Facebook. You know, people can look up Dirk Manning and, you know, boom, oh, there's this group with all these really awesome people in it. So that's kind of the name of the game on that. But, yeah, there's the the, the Friends of Dirk Manning support group <laughs> because they can, everyone can support themselves and console themselves, especially upon getting to the end of issue four of Carmageddon. The, uh, the finale of uh, Carmageddon, which comes out in a couple of weeks, is, uh, is pretty brutal. So... <laughs> Everyone's going to need all the support they can get. Yeah, I'm so I'm so looking forward to that. And you know, actually, since, since you brought up the uh, the little goofy things we've been doing, uh, I just want to say that the video that you posted is probably one of the at least if you did it intentionally with the typewriter and uh, you know the kind of uh, you know the dark you know guy in the corner off to the shadow can't see his face thing. It just played so beautifully. Like I love that video. It's probably one of the funniest, best videos I've seen of the year of anything. Oh no! That I wish I could tell you a more separate. That's just my office. 
So <laughs> in my writing room. Oh, well, you couldn't see it. I actually have a steel chair behind me uh, as well, which I was bummed out because, like, that was like, the one prop was like, well, there's two. There was one that was an Easter egg for a book I've got coming out, hidden in the frame. But the other thing was I actually put a steel chair behind me, but then my shoulders are so broad, it blocked out the steel chair. So I'm like, oh, man, you could, because, you know, obviously my back was to the camera the whole time, so I didn't, I didn't know. And I went back to upload the video and, like, oh, man, the one prop I put in you can't see. But yeah, the little figure in black was the um, the, the Dirk Manning doll from the um, the Ice Bucket Challenge, um, you know. And then obviously like the Vanessa doll, the Vanessa action figure that uh, Barry Crawford, the guy made, gave to me Cinema Wasteland. Um, but yeah, that's that. That was just a small glimpse into my office, my writing room. So. Well, it was definitely uh, probably <laughs> probably one of the top videos I've watched all year. But uh, I think right now somebody has something that they, say, that they want to say to you. Something smells. Something really smells. Yeah. It's the smell of crap coming out of Dirk Manning's mouth. Yeah. Mr. Fancy Raider Man wants to challenge Freezilla at Gym City Comic Con for my world title. But he's not going to do it. He's going to fall just like everybody else. Because this is my, my world title. It belongs to Fringezilla, yeah. Because I'm sweeter than sugar, better than cheddar, and I'm the best, yeah. I'll see you at Gym City Comic Con. Bring everything you've got, because Fringezilla's going to bury you with it. Oh, yeah, dang it. <laughs> I can watch these and I'm just dying. I'm like, oh my god, it's such a a wonderful homage. I want to say impression because I think that lessens the spirit of what just happened. But it's uh, it's absolutely fantastic. And I just want you to remember that I did laugh at that when I rip your arms and legs off and stuff them stuff them in different orifices all over your body. So do remember that it made me laugh while I'm murdering you in the steel cage gym. All right. Just, just so well, I'm on that note, <laughs> you're going to die. On that note, <laughs> you are, you are going to die. You know, I, I'm just, I will use your skull to hold my pens. All right, and if you're lucky, that's all I'll put in your eye sockets are my pens. But it did make me laugh. So just remember that. Oh, absolutely. I, it just, it disturbs me how you keep, how you keep. You keep saying that you're going to use me as certain objects, uh, especially, you know, talking about my orifices and stuff. But, you know, you're a horror writer, so I'm sure you talk, think about and talk about orifices all the time. So, Well, you know, <laughs> once I'm finished with you, you're going to have such limited uses that really all that's <laughs> going to be left on you that's of any, of any practical application will be your orifices. Now, if you want, I can change that, too. That's not a problem. I'll have no problem stretching you out and wearing you like a hat. I have a very big head. Okay. You know, no denying I mean, that. We, I, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, literally, my head is big. It's just, it's, I'm in the big head club. It's just huge. I don't mean that like hockey. I mean, it's just my, my cranium is massive. So, so that's why. That's On why. that I mean, note. You know. Yeah. 
on that note, uh, where can people find, uh, you know, all the wondrous, uh, <laughs> the wondrous stuff of Dirk Manning while he's still among the living? Oh, well, and that, they'll find me forever. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> DirkManning.com is my website. You know, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, even Tumblr, uh, all at Dirk Manning, one word. Look for the guy with the picture of the top hat and the scarf and glasses. Uh, soon they have uh, Fringezilla's blood all over me, but that's not still Gem City. Uh, at DirkManning.com, I have a list of my convention schedules coming up. I've got 20 conventions confirmed for 2015 so far. Uh, including, as you said, Gem, Gem City Comic Con, which is where myself and Victor Dandridge are going to completely and utterly destroy you and stomp you into paste. Um, <laughs> and anyone else foolish enough to side with you. But more immediately, before your impending doom, I'll be at the Northwest Indiana Comic Con, uh, February 21st. I'll be at Great Lakes Comic Con, February 28th. Where else might be? And then March gets pretty busy. I'll be at Indiana Comic Con in March, in a marathon, Dan Con. And then uh, I will uh, destroy you and anyone that is foolish enough to stand with you on <laughs> March 28th in Gem City in Dayton. But all that information is available at jerkmanning.com. Like I said, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, all that good stuff. And that will soon uh, find pictures of me using your skinny little arms as toothpicks. <laughs> well, uh, I would like to personally thank you uh, for this interview, which is going to end up being your final interview. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'll definitely again, thank you, you for taking time out. I'll just get a, I'll just get a Ouija board, man. I'll talk to you again. I'll bust out my Ouija board, and I'll contact you that way. This is not our last interview. I will not be done. Your death is not an escape from me. It's just the beginning. That's the beginning of the suffering I am going to inflict upon you, starting at Gem City. Death is not the end when you, when you screw with me, my friend. That's just the first step. Well, all that coming from a close personal friend of mine, Dirk Manning, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thank you for having me on, man. I appreciate it. And uh, I, I do look forward to seeing you soon, whether I have to kill you or not. <laughs> Time will tell, my friend. Time will tell. <laughs> yeah, I will see you soon. Thank you so much for having me on. I'll talk to you soon, brother. Thank you, my friend. Yeah, bye-bye. Sarah, you still with us? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, so let me just clarify two things. Number one, Derek Manning is probably one of the coolest guys I've ever met. He's done a lot for my career, for my uh, personal, you know, comic book career and everything. Uh, but he's also a really great guy, and he does a lot of amazing stuff. He's a very generous person, incredible, I mean, just very creative person. If you guys, really, if you have a chance... Check out his work. I kid you not, you're going to love it. He, he just, for some reason, he's one of those writers, uh, creators, whatever you want to call him, who he just knows how to, like, really touch people and, and really affect them with the writing. You know, there's not many comic books that I can pick up and read and really get lost in them, but his stuff I just get lost in every time because the characters feel real. The stories, the situations, even when you're dealing with the supernatural, he still makes you feel like you're a part of that world. So stuff like that, in my opinion, is it just I can't recommend it enough. So if you can, please check out www.dirkmanning.com. Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You won't be sorry. I can almost guarantee it. Uh, Sarah, really quickly, because uh, we're almost out of time here, 
Sunday. I uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but we're going to be doing a show here Sunday, aren't we? That's the Rumble, isn't it? That is the Royal Rumble. That's correct. Apparently, we are going to be doing an after show immediately following the Royal Rumble. So tune in for 11 p.m. Eastern this Sunday, immediately following the Royal Rumble. We will have an after party for the Royal Rumble, and we've got a few surprise guests already lined up. Unfortunately, one of them canceled. I'm not going to say the person's name because we might be getting them on next month, and that's going to be a huge surprise. But I know that already we are going to be hearing from Ed and Kendra Hale and possibly a couple of other people. I don't know, Sarah. Do you think we can get some other people to call in and talk about the Rumble? Because you know it's it's probably the most watched, in my opinion, it's probably the most watched pay-per-view of the year because I know everybody loves WrestleMania, but nothing beats the Rumble in terms of that match. That match is more captivating, in my opinion, than any of the matches the Undertaker had for his streak. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. It's actually one of those matches that you you can predict, but at the same time you can't. You know, you don't know who they're trying to who they're trying to ride on this year. So I don't even know who's in it. Like I, I don't have cable. I don't watch Raw. So I'll have to well, do. I'll do. What I'm going to do is. Well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to contact a bunch of my friends on Facebook and in social media, and I'm going to have them give me their picks for the Rumble, and then I'm going to read those on the air on Sunday to start the show, and we're going to see who gets it right. Because anybody can sit there and say, oh, I know it's going to be this person. I know it's going to be this person. We don't always know that. And the proof is with the fact that, you know, Batista won it last year. Even though he came back and it was such a huge uproar with the fans and so many people were, were adamant with their voices about how they didn't want Batista to win – the WWE still went with it. He still won the Rumble, and it really shocked a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Dave. You know I refuse to call him Batista. <laughs> Blue Tista. <laughs> I refuse to call him Batista. He will be Dave. <laughs> Who are you picking for the Rumble, Sarah? I don't, I don't, I don't know who's in it. Is Dana Bryan in it? Yes. Then I got to go with Daniel Bryan. If he's back and he's in it, then unless there's a crazy surprise entry, which, like I said, I haven't watched Raw in months. So, but I've, I've got to go with Daniel Bryan. If he's back, then you might as well ride his coattails a little while longer. Well, if you haven't watched it in months, you really haven't missed much, to be completely honest. Uh, but well, no. Daniel Bryan, of course, <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, and, and, you know, Daniel Bryan last year not winning the Rumble, it really pissed off a lot of people because he has had such a huge following. And then, I mean, look at what happened. You know, he had injury, and he was out for most of the year. So I, I really want to see him win. I really do, and I want to pick him. But I've got to go with Roman Reigns because I feel like no matter what uh. we want, the WWE is going to continue to force him down our throats. And I'm sorry, but the guy can barely cut a promo. He needs more time. And they're just rushing him. But i got to say, it's probably going to be Reigns. I, if if I had my ultimate pick would be Daniel Bryan, but if I could pick a second person, I would say I would be okay with it being Dean Ambrose because Ambrose is like the the new generation of Stone Cold without all the swearing and, and obscene gestures. Would you agree to that, Sarah? Uh oh, Sarah, are you with us? Oh, okay. Well, I think we lost Sarah. Well, on that note, everybody, oh, man, I can't, I'm so excited I can't even talk. Please tune in to Sunday's show, 
It'll be 11 p.m. Eastern. Central will be 10. I, I don't know. Time zones confuse, confuse me. Uh, but it will be a great show. We're going to have some surprise guests. We're going to hear from our Are good you friends Ed and Kendra Hale. Yeah. Are you still You're uh, here? Yeah, I think I muted myself with my cheek. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, that's okay. It happens. Uh, but, Sarah, you will be joining us Sunday, correct? Uh, yes. If I don't fall asleep during the Royal Rumble, I will definitely join you. <laughs> Wow, like I, I could go into like a five-minute tirade about how great that comment just was, but instead we're gonna take our <laughs> well, leave. I... <laughs> we'll take our leave for the for the evening. We will see you guys Sunday, and then don't forget, of course, next week, same time, same channel, 7 p.m. Eastern on Blog Talk Radio, the CAC show with the amazing Sarah Summers and this idiot who still won't stop talking. See you guys on Sunday. <laughs> We'll be right back.